0: Hello, you are listening to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is Sarah Jensen, my wife. Hello. In this episode, what are we gonna be talking about?
1: Um, I don't really know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the middle of things, right? Like, I, I don't really know what the title would be, but just like when you're in the middle of something. Go on. Well, just like, I don't want to say, if I say the one sentence, that's like the whole conversation, you know? Really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's mostly, it's about how whenever we're in the middle of something, we're looking for, you know, all this wisdom and advice, but sometimes what you really need is just like somebody else who's in the middle of it too. Huh. I guess that's what it's about. <laughs>
0: Well, before we jump into that conversation, I uh, just want to say that this podcast is produced by Christian B. Schmidt, the one of the producers of the Jensen A.V. Club. And also we have a new staff member shout out for Ash Kalinon. I looked it up beforehand on uh, pronouncednames.com. <laughs> Ash Kalinon. Something like that.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: so shout out to you, new staff staff member of the Jensen A.V. Club. The Jensen A.V. Club is our um, Patreon, and it is a place for you to get deeper access and um, additional content that we put out there. And it is a way to support this show and help us um, keep, you know, uh, consumerism yeah. and advertising uh, to a minimum um, to only, you know, the, the things that we truly believe in. And the things that we actually truly use and as uh uh, what many people would consider minimalist there are very few things that we actually have that we would want to share so uh (laughs) the ability for us to to um you know use advertising money to fund this show is uh slim yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so instead we partner with you guys and give you more of um more content and deeper access to us um by giving you Different things like Sarah's uh, monthly newsletter. Um, We will do uh, a director's commentary on every video. We will have a monthly live stream or a monthly um, additional podcast. And then also you can be a producer of the show like Christian B. Schmidt. um, And every single episode of the podcast and video, you'll be credited as our producer. Um, Also, you can go up to a director level and get... um, one-on-one time with either one of us for consulting or coaching about whatever you bring to the table yep so thank you uh to all of our jensen av club members and if you want to join the jensen av club and help us keep consumerism out of art and also get uh more things then uh, head over to jensen av dot club that link is also in the show notes it's also in the description of the youtube video but again that is jensen j-e-n-s-e-n-a-v dot club yes thank you guys uh again and on with the show
1: (laughs) um yeah i was just thinking about that kind of idea this week because um mostly just for i guess personal experience like it's been a rough couple of months you could say and um you know usually when you're going through like a difficult time of any sort we always flock to the books to the tried and true tested here's the 10-step program of how to get to where you want to be self-help kind of stuff right but like um I have found that pretty much those things are great I don't want to discount like advice and wisdom and all of that stuff um but pretty much every time I'm in like a difficult and I mean it more it's like a like an emotional thing than it is like I don't know what my next practical step is you know. Um, but whenever I'm in the like difficult times, pretty much the thing that like gets me out is somebody else who's like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I am right there too. Like I feel that too. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting, I don't know. I've just been thinking about it.
0: Um, tell me more about it. What do you mean? Like, Uh, Ah,
1: you want like a specific example?
0: Well, yeah, but just keep like, tell me more about your thought there.
1: Um, I just think, like, well, for example, um, I've been dealing a lot with anxiety and stress and stuff the last couple of months. Um, Just, like, making new life decisions and, you know, whatever. And um, nothing has really, like, helped as far as, like, Oh, this book is on this thing that I'm dealing with. I should read it. You know, like, sure, there's like great advice in there. And I'm not, I don't want to discount the great advice. But what actually helped me was sitting down and FaceTiming a friend who is feeling the exact same way. Mm -hmm. And we both looked at each other and were like, I don't really know. This sucks. (laughs) And like, after that phone call, I like somehow, I felt like, um, Like, more strength to just, like, do it, whatever, you know, to just, like, get things done and, like, get over it, kind of, instead of just, like, I mean, I guess wallowing. I don't know what else. Like, just, like, letting anxiety pull you under, you know? Mm -hmm. I actually, like, figured out, like, okay, well, I can't – I think part of it was that I was giving her advice on what she could do with her anxiety, which then – Like, you're sort of just, like, coaching yourself, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, But I think, like, that's the thing that helped me get past my, like, mental blocks was talking to a friend who's in the exact same spot. Like, I think there's something really valuable that we forget in, like, sharing something super messy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we always, we think, like, okay, when I get over this, when I'm old enough, when I've gone through the thing, I can tell people and I can help them. But like, I tend to think that it's probably just as valuable in the middle messiness of it all.
0: Yeah. So what, I guess, what do you think is the norm? Like what what's different than, because you have this thought Mm-hmm. of the you know the middle um is that not what most people do?
1: I mean I don't think so because I think it requires a lot of vulnerability because I think if you get past the thing and then help it's mm-hmm. it's like um like you're saying like oh I used to right instead of saying I am mm-hmm. th- this anxious mess instead of saying oh I used to deal with anxiety which sounds yeah. like you have yourself together right. now but you really don't you know yeah like I think it's kind of um, Like I said, it's not that I'm discounting the advice and the wisdom from people who are past it, but I think generally speaking, it's really valuable to like show the messy side of things. And it's also, I think, maybe, um, what's the word? I think it's good for you too to show your messy side because then you aren't in this like putting on like a facade or whatever, an image of like, oh yes, I do have myself together. I used to deal with anxiety. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a a conversation earlier this week that was very much in line with this, that um, they were talking about specifically in the Christian faith that um, if you are um, somebody who, you know, has dealt with doubt Mm -hmm. and you are sharing your story of how you used to doubt that is praised of like, Oh, you're so brave. You know, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, you know, um, that really helps me that, you know, that you're sharing your story of having dealt with doubt in the past, but now you are over it. (laughs) Um, Yes, exactly. But if you were to come out, especially as a, um, um, somebody who's prominent, like yeah, you know, you know, an author, a yeah. well-known speaker, a well-known pastor, you know, something like that. And you were to, I mean, or I mean, I I think even in just if you're just a regular person too, in a, in a Christian mm-hmm. community, and you come out and you say like. I'm doubting. Like yeah. I, even- I, I'm doubting like that God exists. I'm like, doubting that, you know, hell is real. I'm doubting whatever it is. And people are like, oh, you we need to like step back. Like here. Yeah. We like you probably shouldn't be in a place of leadership anymore. You probably shouldn't be um, you know, on stage, or you probably should um seek help for that first yeah. um before you really re-enter into this community. Yeah. Um and it's like, why are we um so quick to praise those who share their story at the end of their story yeah but we're so quick to um hold it an arm's length and shun those who are sharing their story in the middle
1: yeah yeah like I think I think that's it for me it's just like there is something really beautiful about going through a difficult season and coming out of it and being able to share those insights obviously like obviously that is an incredible thing and that we get to gain wisdom from that so and not have to make the same mistakes or whatever is fantastic i love that but i mean yeah the things that change me the most are the people who are like willing to speak maybe even saying like i don't really know but this is this is what i feel mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i think those stories I feel like speak the most to me and like give me some sort of encouragement of like, okay, I don't have to like figure this out. I can just be. And then it kind of takes a lot of pressure off of you (laughs) to figure things out. And then that allows your brain space to figure it out. It's like a whole thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think, we definitely don't don't like somebody being, I think, upfront and honest in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think that, I hope, I mean, I feel like that is something that we do on, you know, that's what this podcast really is. I can't. Like,
1: I honestly don't even know if I can help it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's just um, something I do, even if I'm not even if i don't really want to like i don't want people to know that like i'm having some sort of troubles i feel like i can't help it <laughs> yeah. i just like follow my emotions you know <laughs> yeah but i think i think we do that on this podcast or yeah i mean i think that's kind of the whole theme degree. like i
0: think even in the, the last line of the description of like deeply curious is um basically like don't don't expect to find the answers here this is all about the questions right and i think that that is apropos of like this conversation and the fact that we typically are in talking about the journey of Mm -hmm. whatever it is like just trying to figure things out and talking about you know the middle and yeah we do talk sometimes you know about experience and about things that we have learned but um also, I think just a lot of it is just being curious and being open in the middle of the discovery, or not even in the discovery, being open in the uh, search, yeah, um, and, for the discovery and and be basically sharing before the before the discovery is found.
1: Right. Like I think, well, if you think about like what a story is, right? You have like a beginning, a middle, and an end. A character arc. Um, the good guy has to go through some adverse. Adversity, yes, mm-hmm. that's the word. I was gonna say adversary. My brain was like, anyway. "That's the person who gives that's the, the adversity." Pers- yeah. You know? So, uh, the main character, the hero of the story, has to go through some adversity before they like, you know, can do what they were put on this earth to do. Right. The, you know, the whole thing, and like your life is that too. You know, your life is a story, so that means you have to go through some adversity, and that's the only thing that makes a story interesting. Like that point is what makes a person a person, and so it's it's kind of wild to me that we're so scared to share it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
0: Do you think I was just I had a thought that? Do you think that sharing in the middle
1: mm-hmm.
0: is vulnerability, and sharing at the end is transparency?
1: Hmm. Maybe. Or maybe.
0: I mean, I guess Sharon at the end would still be vulnerable, just like to say that you've been through it. But at the same time I feel like if you've already found the solution, then it's not really being vulnerable. It's it's it's, well, it's, it's just opening less up less
1: raw, I think, yeah. is the thing. Um after you've gone through it, you've overcome, you're like comfortable with your current situation or whatever. Like I think it's, it just doesn't like rub you raw like it does when you're right in the middle of it and you literally have no answers and you're like looking at a person and all you can do is cry because you don't have words. Like that is raw vulnerability. Whereas like when you come out the other side after you've gone through it, you can put words to your experience. And so it's a little... More rehearsed in a way, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't, I don't know the right words for that, but it just makes it's just not as raw, I think. But it's still vulnerable, I guess, because a lot of people don't share their story ever. But transparency might be a good word for it, honestly.
0: Um, so th- this is taking the conversation a, l- a l- little bit different, but just going along that lines of, I am. And Enneagram 8. And the thing with uh, my personality is uh, vulnerability and mm-hmm. the lack of mm-hmm. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've been diving in and exploring me and my personality and becoming more self-aware in that, some things that I've heard and things that I've read about who I am.
1: Who is, an 8 typically right, is. That's, who, how, that's what you should yeah, say. Yes. Who
0: an 8 typically is, is that um, we will be very transparent. Yes. Um, but that I guess is different than vulnerability. So my question to you is what is the ultimate difference between being transparent and being vulnerable?
1: Okay. I can, that actually helps my brain a little bit because we've had these conversations. I don't think you're vulnerable at all. Which is funny because you always push back and you're like, I don't hide anything. I'm super vulnerable. Everything is (laughs) out in the open. I'm like, yeah, but that's not – you don't cry. Like there's something about vulnerability that's very um, fragile, I guess, in a way. Mm -hmm. And and very – well, I don't – vulnerable. I don't know (laughs) what word I'm looking for. It's very – soft and gentle and uh a little scared (laughs) I think like I I think of like when I'm trying to be vulnerable and it's it's the times when I'm like terrified to make eye contact with the person because I know if I do I'm gonna break down and cry like there's something very like emotional about vulnerability and which is why I think you're not very vulnerable because you're not, that does not happen to you like ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you are very open and transparent. But in a, hmm, I'm stumped a little bit. I need some sort of psychologist who can yeah. like define all of these things for me because I don't know exactly. But yeah. I do, I do think like transparency can be vulnerability. In a way. Yeah. I think. But. uh, I don't know.
0: One thing that I've read about Enneagram 8s is that we will um, sometimes typically um, show up and and do things that are uh, perceived as extreme Mm -hmm. um, to test out relationships, to test other people to see if they can hang basically. Yeah. Um, because it's it's, it's it's essentially a shortcut for us um, to uh, um, expedite the relationship.
1: Yeah, just to know if they can handle you or not.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so uh, one thing that I recently learned was that that transparency that I have, I can come off like, you know, even to people who I, you know, more so even just recently met, They'll, you know, may ask, like, hey, how are things going or, like, whatever. And I will be, like, boom, fully transparent, like, and, and tell them, like, all right. this stuff. And it's, like, I never thought about that as yeah. being anything of a uh, note. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, like, you know, well, they asked. Like, I'm just telling them. But then I learned that that's actually a mechanism of the Enneagram 8 to expedite and test other people to see if they can actually hang with you. Yeah. Um, which
1: I could totally see that. But it is it is funny cuz a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, you're so open. That's amazing." You know, like complimenting you or whatever. Which it is and it's cool, but it's it's funny when you know cuz I know like the behind the scenes you, you know. So like it's it's just weird because I don't think that you're that vulnerable. But then like in like people we meet they're like oh my gosh you're so open and honest and whatever which i guess those words aren't vulnerability they're not Mm -hmm. saying you're vulnerable but
0: yeah i i still have a mental i guess like block in the fact that i still truly don't know what it looks like for me to be vulnerable
1: yeah i don't either because i don't know i think i've maybe seen you be vulnerable once But I don't even know what it means for you, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) Is it appropriate to share the time that I was vulnerable?
1: I mean, I think you cried. But I don't remember what about. Hmm.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't don't know if there is a difference between... No, I think there is a difference between vulnerability and transparency. But I also think that you are being transparent when you're being vulnerable. So... I don't know.
0: So oh, I'm halfway there? No. Oh.
1: Maybe like 10% of the way there.
0: <laughs> so being transparent is only 10% of being vulnerable?
1: <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I think it's, I let maybe me, I'm not the one to judge because one, I know you really well, but also two, I'm like
0: the most vulnerable. Let me ask you this. Um, so... Um, there has been a few different times whenever I have felt um, close enough to people, basically my inner circle. Yes, where I have gone to them and I feel um, nervous or scared, um, I would say to ask, but I do it anyway and ask them of essentially, hey what what are the things that that our friend group talks about? me right when I'm not there um because it's like whenever other people aren't around I hear you know these things of like oh well they're blah 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 you know and mm-hmm. it's nothing ever like it's just it's not
1: humans living in yeah the vicinity of other humans <laughs> it's not
0: it's not gossip and bashing and like all that type right. of stuff but you do just talk about somebody differently right whenever they're in the room versus when they're not in the room um and things can come up that you wouldn't necessarily say like if they weren't around. And so I had you know expe- you know noticed that and experienced that that people would be you know say things and so I'm like okay what are the things that people say about mm-hmm. me when I'm not around because those are the things that I want to know. Right? Because then I mean if I don't know them how can I ever like change or be different? So anyways, the point of the question is is that being vulnerable, going to them and asking? Yes. Like, I
1: mean, I would say that, that that's pretty much one of the most vulnerable places you can put yourself in. It's not just like sharing your story. It's It's also asking for feedback and criticism when you know that it's not what you want to hear. Like that's mm-hmm. that's vulnerability to say like, I'm opening myself up for your feedback. <laughs> Nobody knows how to do that. Oh, nor do they want to mm-hmm. and i i don't either i <laughs> um i would call that vulnerability
0: part of that i mean those scenarios whenever i did approach them like i did feel uh you know the butterflies which means i would even sure was, to say it was vulnerable yeah but i would say in the most part though i i do very much value and seek out true criticism
1: yes but in a friend situation versus a work situation or a mentor leadership situation is completely different because that's like, how can I improve? It's kind of mixed up because you worked at a church. So like character and work were kind of like intertwined, Mm -hmm. but it's like, how can you improve your character, which improves your leadership skills versus like, what does my friend actually think of me? Like Mm -hmm. that is like, on a more personal level. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think um, it may depend on the situation as well.
0: I mean, I even, I recently actually did that. Um, one of our uh, New York YouTuber friends, mm-hmm. um, we were hanging out and I was like, he was talking about, you know, what kind of what he thought about somebody else's, um, w- you know, content work um, or whatever. Nothing like terrible, just like he was just talking about it. And I was like, okay, so what, tell me what you would say about the things that I create mm-hmm. to, to other people. Like I want to like, no, yeah. like, right. You know? So it's like, it's not necessarily easy to ask those things, but I don't know. I find just extreme value in it.
1: Well, there but, is extreme value in it, but, but I guess
0: that's not the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation is do, would you consider that being, being vulnerable? Here's the
1: thing. I think that I would not consider that specific situation I wouldn't consider vulnerable for you because that comes so naturally to you. And again, you're saying critique my work, which I know is you Mm. as well. Like it's not like you are in the field where your work is you. It is a piece of you. So it's, you know, again, it kind of intertwines a little bit, but it's so natural for you to ask for critique on your work or your skills versus like, this is just who I am as a human being, friend, what do you think of that? You know, um, so I would say that that's not so vulnerable for you, but at the same time, I would also say, I don't know if I'm the best person to judge if that's vulnerable or not, because I know you do <laughs> well. And I, I, our scales of vulnerability are very skewed.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that (laughs) if there's a scale of vulnerability that is universal that you were to put yourself on that scale.
1: Well, I don't know if there's a universal scale.
0: Instead of scaling vulnerability as like, well, I mean, that's not very vulnerable for you, so that's not a very vulnerable thing to do.
1: Well, I don't know if there is a universal scale for vulnerability. I mean, it's all...
0: I mean I I would I would, person, lean, right? I would probably lean more towards that way too that there's not because if it is easy for me to do um am I truly breaking through to the next level
1: right like vulnerability is not easy, which actually this reminds me because um, I've had people tell me several times like in my like writings or the things that I share online, they're like, oh, I just love your vulnerability. I love your willingness to like be vulnerable and blah, blah, blah. But I don't feel like it's vulnerable at all to me. Um, But it doesn't feel vulnerable in the slightest. Now, if you ask me to sit down and speak that to a friend, I would say that's vulnerable for me. Mm -hmm. But like writing it and like pretending like nobody is reading it, not vulnerable at all mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a uh it's kind of weird because a lot of people have told me that and i just feel like a little bit of a fraud <laughs> like, i'm not being vulnerable i'm writing it on the internet <laughs> like not having to face you you know that's yeah, not vulnerable but to it's me.
0: inspiring to yes. those whose vulnerability scale is it, maybe it's not even you it's the vulnerability scale of health maybe That as you take a journey into being a healthier and healthier person, Mm -hmm. that your scale of vulnerability grows with you. And so you don't necessarily feel like you're being vulnerable anymore because you're okay with that. You're like you've reconciled with your flaws. And so it's not vulnerable for you to share those things. Maybe. Versus if you are in the beginning journey of health. And, like, everything feels like vulnerable, vulnerability. Like, you you can't share anything because it feels like everything is, like, way too much. And so yeah. they look at somebody who's farther along the journey sharing these things, and even though you're in the middle, it seems, like, really vulnerable to them, but not vulnerable to you.
1: Maybe. But I still think, regardless of, you know, where you're at in your, the, like, health journey, I guess, if you ask me to sit down with even my very best friends and speak the things that I've written, I couldn't do it. I don't think I would be absolutely terrified.
0: Would, but you could do it right now.
1: No. You
0: couldn't? No. I mean, cause you used to record your podcast, like record your blog posts and stuff as a podcast. Yeah,
1: but I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't face to face. Even when I FaceTimed my friend the other day and like, I had texted her. We had been texting a lot about like anxiety and like how I was feeling and how she was feeling and whatever. But then um, we were like, oh, we should FaceTime and, you know, just talk. And We got on FaceTime and I literally couldn't say a word for like, I don't, it probably wasn't that long. It was maybe like four seconds, but it felt like 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just like stared at her and she just stared at me and I just like, was crying. I like I did I could not actually speak. It took me probably we we talked for maybe like an hour. It took me like thirty minutes to finally work up to like, I have anxiety, even though I literally had texted it to her that day, mm-hmm. you know, but like speaking it to somebody is completely different for me. That's like a vulnerability that I don't. and it it might have to do with the fact that I really don't like people seeing me cry. That's like a vulnerable issue for me. Like I I don't ever want anybody to see me cry. So maybe it had to do with that because I knew if I spoke it, then I would start crying and that was a whole thing. I don't know. But ask me to sit down in front of a friend and speak the things that I write. I can't do it.
0: Why don't you want people to see you, you cry?
1: I don't know. That's my thing. Like that is probably like That's the vulnerability thing that I can't uh, get past. That's, like, the ultimate vulnerability thing for me because I really hate it when people see me cry. Like, I don't want people to see me cry. Maybe because I don't want – I do have a fear of rejection or whatever you want to say. Like, a fear of, like, oh, my God, you're going to think that I'm something – Mm -hmm. whatever but then also i really don't want like pity from anybody Mm -hmm. that's like a really big thing for me like i want to share all of the hard whatever things that are in my head but i don't want you to pity me yeah i want you to understand it but that's different than pity right so maybe it has to do with that too i don't know
0: yeah i could totally see that
1: because I really don't – like, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want any pity or any – um, Sympathy? Sympathy, yeah. I really don't – I don't want any of that. Yeah. I just want understanding. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Because um, I, I, I can identify with that in in certain ways, like that if I am feeling – um you know even something simple as just feeling sick or whatever like i may just not tell people not because it's like it's mostly just because i don't want yeah like the pity of of Mm -hmm. it it's like you know it's 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 just information that i'm telling you like i'm not telling you so that you know you can like give me a solution or give me like you know your uh thoughts and emotions about it like i don't care yeah um so i can understand, I can identify with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely like have never wanted to, anybody to feel sorry for me. But I very much want understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I also won't share things if I feel like you won't get it. Yeah, I think... Which makes it hard on the internet, obviously.
0: I think one thing that keeps me... Basically, take everything you're saying, and one thing that keeps me from doing those things is that i find i know what i feel like whenever i feel like other people are doing that because they're fishing
1: um you know
0: fishing for the pity fishing for the oh my gosh no you're actually beautiful like you know that type of stuff and so i it's not necessarily i guess that i want that I don't want to come off as, as fishing and I don't, but it's not, that isn't necessarily the motivation. The motivation is more so that people are so, our culture is um, so taught, I guess, or so used to the fact that whenever people share things online that are like, right. I feel ugly or whatever, like I feel this um, using the ugly. Cause I think that's the, whenever you see it <laughs> the most, um, you know, on the internet. Um, but it's like, in general like i f- i'm feeling this or i feel that or whatever it's like all the people in comments are just like oh no you you are you're you right. strong you're brave like you and that giving you all of these um words of affirmation right um yeah. and like you know uh the post what are the posters called that you hang up like in your house with the words Insp- um ins-
1: motivational quotes
0: yeah i feel like there's inspiration i feel like there's like an actual like Word. There's a word for it? I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. Uh, they're like they're called something. Anyways, just that type of stuff is so annoying to me.
1: Oh, like you can't have a rainbow without the rain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely have felt that before. I mean, it's hard on the internet cuz I think it's weird because I express myself in writing, but I also get really frustrated because if I share something online and somebody, you know, whatever, DMs me and they're like, oh, I just think that you are so great, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not asking you to tell me I'm great. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I also, I don't want to take away their intention either. Right. I don't know what intentions were. Um, this is a hypothetical or example scenario. Nobody actually has done that. Um, well, okay. Anyway, it doesn't <clears> matter. <throat> um, but I, I'm not asking for you to tell me that I'm great. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I just need someone to say like, oh yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm right there with you. Exactly. Yeah. I feel that too. Um, Which is what I, I kind of always aspire to create in the words that I share is not that like, oh, I figured it out or this is the insight or let's, you know, it's more of like, I get it. Like, that's yeah. what I want people to feel from what I write, and that's what I want other people to, like, hopefully respond with, like, oh, yes, me too, thank you. You mm-hmm. know, like, not not compliments, not right. sympathy.
0: I mean, that right there, and you even said it, um, is the power of, like, the Me Too movement. In right. the fact that it isn't standing, you know, and saying like, "Here's a solution," like, "Here's like what we need to be doing." Right. It's just solidarity victims standing up and saying like, "Yes, me too." Right. Yes, me too, and that gives power to the to those who are in a spot where they do not feel they can share because they don't feel that anybody has ever experienced anything like what they have experienced. And whenever they see other people standing up and saying like, yes, me too. It just gives power to the story. Even if there is no, you know, necessarily like solution. I think it gives power to
1: the healing of the story. Yeah. Like solidarity does so much for you on like a humanities level, you know? Um, I think maybe that's the thing is like, I can't speak to, Uh, abuse of any kind but like no there there doesn't need to be a solution like most people don't need a solution we just like need to know that we're not alone Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like we're so inside of our own experience because we can't understand anything else that like we really do think that nobody else has gone through this nobody else knows what this feels like you know whatever and whenever you you see it or you read it and you're like, oh, those are my feelings. Like that's all that any of us actually want mm-hmm. or need to like give us the permission to heal from it, to get yeah. better, to move on, which I think is what I was trying to say at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> it's like, I didn't need advice. I just needed like a friend who said, yep, I get it, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, and I think- um one thing just to tag on the end of that is like it, the abusive culture it's like yes it needs a solution but what what the more the heart of the that phrase is that it's not it's not that the individual person needs a solution for their individual circumstance right. it is that we the solution is societal
1: yeah, it's it's a
0: grand like movement and change. Absolutely. You know, obviously we do need a solution. We do need change. But the victim, you know, uh, this is my uh, I guess take on it as yeah. uh, as an outsider. But like, it's that the victim, you know, him or herself, like doesn't need like, oh well, here's how you fix you. Here's how you fix your right, situation. Exactly. It's it's that you know. Yes, me too. Let's all stand together and let's create change.
1: Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, one hundred percent. There needs to be a solution for that, obviously. Like, abuse is not okay in any kind of form. But generally speaking, people who have been hurt, again, I don't speak specifically about abuse but because I don't know, but just like generally, the world hurts you, life hurts you. (laughs) People who have been hurt, most of us really don't need somebody to tell us what to do to fix it. We just need someone to like, acknowledge it and then that gives us somehow the freedom to move on you mm-hmm. know it like gives us the permission to i think because like you feel like you've been heard so now you can continue you know
0: yeah i can feel instead isolating like,
1: yeah instead of like just being trapped in your head
0: because i mean it we have every single one of us i mean we all probably deal with it all the time but i think that we've if you look back to your teenage years you can really think about how you you know it feels you know to go through something or you know something happened to you and it it just it truly feels like you're the only person who this has ever happened to.
1: Yeah. And it absolutely feels like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still even into adulthood, at least for me, sometimes <laughs> it still feels like it's going to be the end of the world. I think the only reason I know that it's not is because I've gone through it before and it wasn't the end of the world. Right. You know, so like you can remind yourself of all the times that you thought it was, but it wasn't, you know. But whenever you're a teenager, it really does feel like this is it. hmm. <laughs> Emotional.
0: It's the end of the world as we know it, and so I um, I think that getting back to the middle, I guess, of of sharing, yes, that that's the whole point. That that's the whole. um, I think the encouragement, I guess, Mm -hmm. of what we are even trying to say is it's in just encouraging us and others to share yeah the middle
1: yes and i understand that for a long time i had this debate with myself about this um sharing from the middle or whatever but it was mostly um i was scared about oversharing Mm because i I think that there is a boundary (laughs) of um oversharing but to be honest i still don't know what that boundary is
0: what's the danger of oversharing
1: like I I don't know if I, I don't know what I believe on that front yet. I think, um, I do think that maybe possibly a danger of oversharing is that, um, you share the wrong thing Mm -hmm. or you share before you've really, um, know your story and that it, persuade somebody else's in a negative way Mm -hmm. because I do think we all have a responsibility with our words and our art and our stories and our experiences like you have a responsibility to um, be good and to like further the good of Mm -hmm. humanity Um, so possibly it's that but I also think that that might not even be about oversharing and just about like you being very intentional and like checking yourself and asking yourself the hard questions and like um, making sure your motives are pure more so than it has to do with oversharing. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know still where I stand on oversharing. I I, think. Go ahead.
0: I think that the the danger of oversharing in today's society Mm -hmm. is that we live in a society now in our internet culture where you're not allowed to change. Yeah. Um, that I, once you say something, it will, will and can be used against you in the court of opinion for all eternity.
1: Yeah, but I also think if you're just a really open individual, then maybe it's not a problem. But again, it depends on... <laughs> your motives and your intention like are you are you being mean to a certain people group then yes but is that oversharing i don't know you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's so many nuances to everything that i don't really i don't even know if there can be a simple solution or a simple answer to it um but i do think one of the quotes that kind of helped me in in like figuring out the oversharing that i haven't figured out is i can't remember who said it um but it says every word has consequences every silence too Hmm. and so i think um just like keeping that in mind that like what you say really does have a lot of weight and it really is important even if only two people are gonna see it like Mm -hmm. it changes things but also staying silent changes things too so like if you're scared of oversharing, because that was the thing for me, I I was like so scared that I was oversharing my emotions that I just didn't share anything. Um, but that has consequences too, because people, like I said, people need to hear your story and they need to hear that they're not the only one. Right. So I think just like, again, keeping your motives in check with that in mind, I don't think you can overshare. Yeah. Maybe.
0: I think that one thing you said there, maybe you didn't mean the phrasing, but um, that staying silent can change things, too. I think that that I feel like is incorrect. It is correct to say that staying silent has consequences.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant by the, That's yeah. what the quote is.
0: Yeah, but I think that staying silent, I think it doesn't change things is the problem. yeah yes the consequences of staying silent are that things don't change right
1: yes yes i i meant consequences yeah Yeah. um yes because well okay yes (laughs) i was just thinking in my head well it does change things because if you don't say it then this person isn't going to learn your story and they're not going to feel like that but that's mostly consequences not changing yeah I think mostly what I'm saying in this podcast is that I just think we should encourage people to be honest and open about where they are, even if it's not a great place. Because when you think about like how you get out of the bad place, it's by like watching other people, you know, like hearing other people Mm -hmm. say like, oh, yeah, I'm there, too. Like, let's do it together. Like, you don't ever like. You get out of things together, not like, oh, somebody's way over there and I'm like working my way toward them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they come to you, that like you're in the same spot. So I feel like just, you know, we should just be honest. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) And I also think like in the internet age, it's hard to um, even understand that other people are in the same spot as you because it doesn't look like it online. Yeah. Um, but it's very deceiving. So just remember that.
0: Yeah. The a uh, question that I just mm-hmm. had, I don't know how to phrase it necessarily because it just came to me, but the oversharing, being vulnerable, not being perfect, you know, online, what's, I feel like there is somewhere in there That things are shared um, not out of health, Mm -hmm. not out of, like, vulnerability. Um, I guess it kind of lends itself to, like, the fishing aspect of it. It's like sharing things of of – okay, maybe this is it. That there is a difference and there is power in sharing the middle with specifics. Mm -hmm. But – is there, I feel, I guess, negative feelings towards sharing the middle in ambiguity, feel in um, in just, you know what I'm saying? Like, in, in just wrapping it in, like, I'm so frustrated. Like, and you, like, you just, like, share, like, do you think there's something wrong with, mm-hmm. you know, online? It's just like, I don't know, you just fire up Facebook and you're just like, yes. people make me so angry, period. Yes. And, like, I mean, because that
1: gives into indulgence, which isn't healthy, like- Self-indulgence every once in a while is fine. Not in that case, not in that, um, scenario. It's never fine. In my opinion. Um, you should hold, there's a reason that they say, what is it? Like wise people know what, or no smart people know what to say. Wise people know when not to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, there is something about self discipline and wisdom that is incredibly important that a lot of us don't know because of facebook and twitter and the like self indulgence of like it it almost it does something like in our brain when we can just like get it out there you know and like let it go kind of it's it's sort of a A release Mm -hmm. um, but it's an improper (laughs) release like that is not how you should be getting your emotions out Um, because we all struggle with that stuff we all have like frustrations and angers especially like you know politically and like the way that our culture right now like there's a lot of things happening and it's it can feel very like um a lot of pressure is mounting and so like what they do is they get on facebook and you know spout out something real quick And they feel better, but that's not, that's not good. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's self-indulgence. I, I think the way you should get your emotions out is by journaling them. Um, or so for example, I I know this person who they have, uh, well, it's a curse word, but I'm going to say it. Okay. It's called a shit journal. (laughs) And, um, Basically, they write every negative thought or feeling that they have, um, whether it's like anger toward another person or negative toward themselves or whatever it might be. It's anything that is not conducive to growth and health. Mm -hmm. They write it in this journal and then they burn it. And it's like their way of getting their anger out in a healthy way that's not harming anybody else. It's like a
0: positive burn book.
1: Yes. Um. You could uh, exercise like (laughs) there's a reason exercise is so important mentally is because like it helps your body get out the frustration. Um, Make art. Painting, doing something with your hands like gets frustration out. Um, Those are proper ways of dealing with that crap, not going on Facebook and like Mm -hmm. spouting something out. So I think it's self indulgence more than it is maybe oversharing. It, it's still wrong.
0: I was just thinking that I think maybe the unhealthy side of it is sharing with the, um, sharing for the intent of the response.
1: There's definitely a hope that somebody is going to agree with you and validate your feelings. Absolutely.
0: It's like, it. it it's 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 sharing for the comments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like specifically wording things. Well, it's like it's manipulative, I guess. It's yes. just specifically posting something and wording something because, you know, it's going to um, incite intrigue into mm-hmm. those who read it. Um, and it's not helping anybody who's reading it. It's just in, like Oh, wh- right. what are they talking about? And then they comment and then you're able to say, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, yes, and I think because, that that part of it is the unhealthy.
1: Well, I think, yeah, because I think you're seeking validation, hmm. right? Like there's a reason that you, um, are vague about things. It's so people will ask you and then you get to validate your feelings by explaining it to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess maybe that's oversharing. I, see, I don't know the specific definition of oversharing. I would just call that indulgence, self-indulgence. Yeah. Um, it's obviously not healthy in any form of fashion ever. <laughs> <laughs> I also, like any, this goes back to checking your motives, I think. Like, if you're really truly honest with yourself, you know why you're posting what you're posting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? The, the trick is to be honest with yourself. But yeah you know that's that's just that <laughs> i mean you yeah. know why you're posting that selfie or those words or whatever well, like you're seeking or
0: i think i think that 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 statement is coming from a place of high level thinking because i think that the majority of people don't know why they're posting it really yeah
1: hmm
0: Like, they don't actively know why that they are posting these things. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I just, I guess I just operate on a lot of intuition in myself. I mean, I can feel when I'm doing something for the wrong reasons. So then I stop doing it. (laughs) But I guess.
0: Unless somebody else tells you to stop doing it.
1: Are you telling me about scrolling social media? <laughs> no, I'm
0: just saying in general. <laughs> uh, you're, oh,
1: oh, in general. Yeah, no, yeah. nobody will ever tell
0: me what to do. <laughs> it's like you're on this journey of knowing like, yeah, this is probably something that is unhealthy for me to do. I should probably stop doing it. And then somebody's like, hey, Sarah, you should stop doing it. I'm like, no, I'll do it forever.
1: Yeah, that is <laughs> 1000% me. <laughs> Actually, because I am an Enneagram for in the for type description talking about like how we operate or whatever uh it says i do what i want when i want (laughs) (laughs) like yep that's me (laughs) yeah i will i mean probably scrolling pinterest is a very good example of that because i i have been cutting back on social media and i've done a really good job just want to throw that out there i have deleted all socials from my phone They're only on my computer except for Pinterest. And I was scrolling Pinterest the other night and I knew in my head I was saying like, I need to get off Pinterest. I should go do something else. But then you spoke up and (laughs) said, hey, how do I get you to not do this or whatever you said? And I said, I'll do whatever I want. You don't tell me what to do. And then I was on Pinterest for another hour. So even though I knew I didn't want to be on it. (laughs)
0: And the whole time that you were sitting there for like a couple hours. A while. I, I held my tongue for a really long time. Yeah. Because I knew it was the wise thing You should thing have to just
1: do. held your tongue for like 10 more minutes though. Because I was I was working my way in, in my brain. Yeah. I was working my way off of Pinterest.
0: Well, I'm two hours wise, but I couldn't go any... My, yeah. my wisdom Le- ran out.
1: Learn to be two and a half. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was just like... The whole time I was just thinking, like just trying to think of how... Can I, you know, b- bring it to your attention? Basically, mm-hmm. how can I snap you out of it? Right. So that you realize how long you've been like scrolling Honestly, and not like doing literally anything else.
1: Well, here's the truth. You can't. <laughs> because. Which is because wildly frustrating. Well, if first two reasons, one, I'm a spiteful person, it's just the truth and I know I need to work on it, but. I don't even know if I care enough to work on it. That's just the truth. Second, I already know I'm I'm too self-aware. I already know. Just like I know that I'm spiteful and should work on it, but I don't want to, you know? I know when I've been on social media too long. And so there's like nothing, it's not about like snapping me out of it because I'm aware of how long I've been on social media or how I'm feeling and how I need to get off. Like I'm A hundred percent aware of it. So, like you telling me to do it is not going to help because I already know
0: it. (laughs) Yep, I mean that's what you say.
1: Look, I aspire to be a healthy person, but sometimes you just can't help it, you know.
0: Well, I don't disagree with that. Well, (laughs) no, I do (laughs) disagree. Yeah, I don't agree. I do disagree.
1: I just mean that you'll. There's a quote by Elizabeth Gilbert, and it says. Something along the lines of no change ever happened or no transformation ever happens in a person until they get tired of their own bullshit. That is just it. I know what I'm doing. And when I get tired of it, I'll change it. (laughs) You know?
0: I do. It's just wildly frustrating. Yeah. It's, It's like watching somebody fall down a hole and you have a rope in your hand but they won't catch it.
1: Look, I don't know how this became like a therapy session or whatever, but the truth is, is that sometimes I don't know what to tell you, but sometimes I just like have to hit rock bottom. And then, then I feel like, okay, I've completely destroyed everything. Now I can fix it. You know, I don't, (laughs) I know you don't, but I'm just saying that's me. Sometimes I I know that I'm doing the bad habits, going down the spiral, doing the whole thing. And I just don't stop myself until I hit rock bottom. And then I feel like fresh start. (laughs) 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 Wipe everything clean. Start from the beginning. I can do that.
0: (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: No, it doesn't. Especially whenever. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me either. I'm just saying it's what I do sometimes. That's all. And to a certain degree, you just got to let people do what they're going to do. That's another thing. Another life lesson. Love them as well as you can, but, I mean, there's only so much you can do, you know?
0: Yeah, that's what you say.
1: It's the truth. You I can't know. force anybody to do anything. I agree. Yeah.
0: Just being facetious.
1: hmm So anyway, that's the middle. <laughs> uh, that, that's where I've been <laughs> I don't know
0: Yeah, I don't know I mean so yeah that's uh, that's kind of that's basically the conversation of um, sharing the middle
1: yeah and I mean because the thing is is like this podcast is whatever we're curious about right but like anxiety is exhausting and kind of its own full-time job you know <laughs> And so it has literally been the only thing I've been thinking about. I don't have anything else to like talk about because I've just been focusing on trying to not be anxious. So I thought, well, well, let's just talk about not being anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Ooh, I would like to suggest a book though. Since we have like covered the topic of anxiety. Um, there's a book called Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig, and it's kind of his follow up to Reasons to Stay Alive, which is his book on depression. So if you're struggling with depression, I highly recommend Reasons to Stay Alive. Um, But Notes on a Nervous Planet is about anxiety and kind of what in our uh, world uh, causes anxiety, which is pretty much literally everything now. And it is absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend. That's that.
0: There you go. All right. Well, then that will be uh, the end of the show. We'll wrap it up here. Um, Just a quick reminder that this podcast is supported by the members over at JensenAV.club. That is our Patreon page where you can help us continue making this show to the quality that um, it should be made. Um, because all work takes resources and we want to continue doing all the things that we do, um, because we think that sharing the middle is important. Yes. Um, and so if you want to, um, get deeper access and exclusive content, head over to jensenav.club, um, check out the tiers, see what fits best for you. And, uh, thank you so much. Um, every single tier helps. Yes. And, uh, good out there. And share the middle. <laughs> and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye.